Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Every year, the church where I grew up, St. Francis in the Fields in Harrods Creek, Kentucky, held a Halloween carnival. All of the usual festivities were there, bobbing for apples, a costume contest, and enough candy to keep all the dentists in town in business for another year. And every year, the youth group was in charge of the haunted house. We were given a Sunday school hallway and left with little instruction otherwise. A very bad idea. Because what was wrought by our adolescent minds was not a cute little sweet seasonal romp with the occasional guy in a sheet or a girl in a pointy hat jumping out and saying boo. This haunted house was wickedly scary. It was dark. There was a strobe light temporary illuminating the dark figures roaming the hall. There was scary music with the occasional spooky sound effect. Folks would jump out and startle you wearing the most frightening masks. Needless to say, word got out that this haunted house was not for the faint of heart. And for those who did brave the gauntlet to quote last week's gospel, there was often weeping and gnashing of teeth. (laughs) All except one particular patron. One young man seemed entirely unfazed by the entire affair, strolling through breezily with as if he was enjoying an art exhibition. And that young man was my baby brother. Andrew is fearless. Unlike his anxious older brother, Andrew is permanently unfazed. His voice, his face, his manner is always mill-pond calm. And this state of being was fully realized when he was quite young. So, as he walked through the haunted house, instead of screaming or hollering, he would walk up to a particular specter, recognize them, and engage them in conversation. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, John. Do you know Ben? He's my brother. He is quite something. I don't know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish I was more like my brother. And sometimes it seems like all of us are becoming more unfazed for good and for ill. The constant noise of gadgets and gizmos the advertisements that manage to squirm their way into every free space in our lives, sometimes spaces we didn't realize were available for product placement, the drumbeat of bad news, 
the toxic level of animosity in our public life. Growing a thick skin is almost a requirement for life in the 21st century. But is that the way we want to live? Is that the way we should live? Is that the way God intended us to live when God made us, declared that we are good, and called us to a new life through Jesus Christ? For an answer, perhaps we can turn to today's gospel. The Pharisees plotted to entrap Jesus in what he, in what he said, saying, Teacher, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, replied, Why are you putting me to test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. This interaction can be interpreted a number of ways. For one, Jesus is capitulating to the reality that government, despite the fact that they were under hostile occupation, but government nonetheless requires some level of taxation. Another interpretation is that we hear in Jesus' response a not-so-subtle inference that while this coin has a picture of the emperor on it, it is a very small thing intended for very small matters, while the world is God's, and that is much more vast and important. And thirdly, and I believe the most important to our discussion today, is that Jesus is reminding us of the balance that is required for a healthy life. Yes, some things are the emperor's, standing in line at the DMV, that clipboard of paperwork that you have to fill out seemingly before every doctor's appointment, the gas pumps that now have the TVs inside them so they can fill, so as you're filling your tank, they can fill your mind with who knows what. Those are the emperors. But the delight of a crisp autumn morning, the joy of taking your child to their first football game, even when the result is disappointing. <laughs> Our honor to welcome Catherine Gardner McNichol to the faith through the sacrament of baptism. These, these are of God. Moreover, these things that are of God, we are meant, we were made, we are called to experience these things unfettered by the survival armor we construct and is sometimes required to navigate the emperor's world. The prospect of removing our armor Shedding our thick skin is very scary. Our lack of fear has enabled us to endure many hardships. But we are not called to endure. We are called to experience. We are called to know. We are called to be fully present to every moment in this holy life. As the young people say, we are called to feel all the feels. Being present means being vulnerable and can mean experiencing great unpleasantness, grieving when others hurt, raging when, those, when so, some are excluded, mourning when others pass from this life to the next. Being present also means being open to joy, celebrating a friendship reconciled, 
rejoicing at the majesty of creation, recognizing the thin place where God was evident. This present way of being is God's hope and God's design for each and every one of us. And being fearless and being open to the experiences and joys of this life also means not holding on to the material things of this life, for they will certainly not endure. We are sacramental people, we weird Episcopalians, so we recognize the talismanic quality of things. But we also must remember to let go and to remember that these things cannot protect us. Instead, out of thanksgiving for all that we do have and in recognition of all of the joy and friendship and hardship and love that we experience in this life, we respond in the most fulfilling way. We give. We give of our time. We give of our heart. We give of our treasure. Coupled with being open to the experiences of this world is our most generous response. We give. We give to those in need. We give towards our dream of a stronger community. We give to support the household of God. I pray that we will give unafraid. This is a frightening time of year, filled with ghouls and ghosts. And this can be a frightening life, filled with, well, ghouls and ghosts. But this can be a world filled with brave souls who seek to know and experience the world as God intended and not as the emperor intends. For the world of God is awake. The world of God knows joy and pain. The world of God is dangerous but also healing. And the world of God is generous. What kind of world do you want to live in? Amen. Amen.